You're listening to the Look Right Naked podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bach. This is the podcast for men and women who want to look right naked without living in the gym. If that sounds like you, then you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Hey, what is going on? It is Eric Bach here, your host of the Look Great Naked podcast. Before we jump into today's episode, just wanted to send a special thank you to you for checking us out on YouTube, for subscribing, for hitting comments. We are growing each and every single day, and your support is very much appreciated as we make sure that we get the best, no BS information into your hands so you can look great naked without living in the gym. Now, as we get into today's podcast, we're going to break down something very important. That is the idea of fat loss workouts. What are they? What is the most effective way for you to lose fat? Now, if you're like most people, you've likely tried different things in the past. You've added a bunch of cardiovascular exercise when you want to lose body fat. Maybe you've started going to a class or you're focused on high intensity interval training. You've increased the reps on your sets and maybe started doing more circuits. And all these ideas come from the idea of if we burn more calories directly through our workouts, we're going to burn more body fat. Logically, this makes sense, but does that really play out in reality? Well, that's exactly what we're gonna get into next. So if you take one thing from this episode, it is this. Fat loss workouts are a lie. The workouts that help you best build lean muscle will help you preserve lean muscle during periods of fat loss. And here's why this is important. When we increase reps and we chase the idea of calorie burn in our workouts, can actually set ourselves back. A couple things going on. First, if you're using a tracking device, it could be a watch, it could be a ring, it could be a heart monitor that you're in with some type of class. If we look at the data, many of these devices are off by 15 to 25%, meaning we are burning quite a few fewer calories than we're actually anticipating. And so here's what happens. Most people think they're burning more calories than they actually are. And then by the time that they go through, they think, hey, you know what? Cool, I burnt an extra 200 calories. Awesome. Well, when we increase activity, when we increase high intensity activity in particular, appetite also goes up. So you find that yourself, you're ravenous, you're hungry, you wanna chew off you know, the next piece of protein that you can find, at least I do. And pretty soon you're actually overeating and eating back the calories that you burn directly through that exercise. And so what happens is when we combine the fact that we are burning fewer calories than we anticipate, and we tend to underestimate how much we're actually consuming when it comes to food in the first place, most people actually end up working harder without having any derived benefit. They're not losing fat any faster. And that's a huge issue. In conjunction with that, the more that you do a particular type of exercise, the more efficient you get at it, meaning you're going to burn fewer calories for the same amount of work that is being performed. And so if we're looking at cardio as a specific example, if you are running one mile after not having ran for a long time, well, at first, that one mile is going to be, whoo, it's going to be brutal, right? Like you're going to be burning a lot of calories and you're going to be out of breath, but pretty soon that one mile is going to get pretty easy. Right? So what does that mean? Well, pretty soon we have to continue running it faster, increasing the intensity, or we have to go longer. So if we start to chase calorie burn, calorie expenditure as a primary goal with our training, we're creating this impossible vertical where the only way to do it is to spend more time and more effort in the process of trying to lose body fat, which therefore then we also increase hunger more and then we underestimate how many calories we are eating back. So it becomes a whole circular thing to chase the idea of burning calories with your training in order to lose body fat. And 90% of the time, it is not going to be the most effective way for you to look great naked without living in the gym. So that begs the question, what should you be doing instead? So here's what we need to understand. The primary role of training during periods of fat loss is to retain and build as much strength and muscle as possible. If you do turn everything into interval training, what's going to happen is we're going to decrease the load. We are going to decrease the mechanical tension directly on our muscles. And what happens in that case 
especially if our diet is not pristine with enough protein, well, we start to lose a bunch of lean muscle as well. And so what can happen in this case, when we lose lean muscle, our metabolism can actually start to slow down because muscle is the most metabolically active tissue, at least compared to fat in your body. So this is why many people will do well for a short period of time by dramatically increasing the intensity, by adding a bunch of cardio, doing a bunch of circuits, but long-term they start to get flat. They start to lose strength. They start to lose power. And pretty soon, instead of being strong, lean, athletic, and defined, they end up more with that small, soft, skinny fat. And while they might be in good cardiovascular shape, they're not really looking great naked, which was their primary goal in the first place. And it's not to say that increasing your reps on occasion doesn't have benefits, that cardio doesn't have benefits, but it isn't the best way in order to lose body fat. It's not the best way to train specifically when fat loss is a goal. So what should we consider? What other things are important? Well, one thing we need to think about here are different muscle fiber types. So there's a popular picture out there, which you'll see on YouTube, is we have both fast twitch fibers and then we have slow twitch fibers. So fast twitch, we want to think explosive, strength, power. You want to think of an NFL athlete who's running full speed, crushing another person and then getting right back up, resting and then doing it again. Or a sprinter. That's an easy way to think about it. Slow twitch muscle fibers, we want to think endurance, oxidative, they can go forever. This is a classic picture of the sprinter, which would be fast twitch versus the marathoner, slow twitch. So muscle fibers, what do these mean? So these fast twitch muscle fibers that we have generally going to be better for building strength, power, and muscle. Slow twitch do have some muscle building capabilities. However, they're going to be smaller, more efficient, more oxidative in nature. And so what happens is if we take all of our training and we turn it into short rest periods, if we have high reps, if we're not focusing on strength and power, well, these muscle fibers can actually convert over from more of a fast twitch component over to a slow twitch component. Not only does this happen naturally as we get a little bit older, by the way, we start to lose fast twitch fibers, which is why your athletes lose a step, especially after age 30. Well, the type of training that we can do can also play a role. So if we wanna build a body that can perform as well as it looks, we wanna make sure that we have as many fast twitch muscle fibers as we potentially can throughout this entire process. And so if you take our training, if we turn it all into higher reps, all into cardio, not only can we decrease our fast twitch muscle fibers, which can decrease muscular size, well, we're also gonna decrease strength. We're also gonna decrease power. And if we wanna take it even a step further, granted, this is an oversimplification, what type of physique do you want? Do you want the physique of somebody who's gonna be a powerful, strong, fast, athlete? Or do you want somebody who's going to be more the endurance base, the oxidative runner, right? I'm not saying that there's good or bad, but generally speaking, a lot of people are going to be, oh, I want to be fast. I want to be defined. I want to be strong. I want to be powerful. And so what we need to consider is our training, especially when it comes to body composition, needs to be in alignment with the type of physique that we want to build. And for that reason, we want to make sure that we are making, that we are training many of these fast twitch explosive muscle fibers versus turning everything to be focused on slow twitch, oxidative, more efficient muscle fibers. So that's an absolutely crucial point. Now, how exactly do we do this? So in order for us to be able to maintain as many fast twitch muscle fibers as we can, specifically during periods of fat loss, we need to make sure we're including explosive exercises like jumps, like throws. In many cases, what I will do is I'll have box jumps. I will have overhead medicine ball throws, plyometric pushups as a power primer exercise directly in the beginning of my workout programs during periods of fat loss because this is going to help activate and preserve those fast twitch muscle fibers and this is something we also do specifically inside of our look great naked protocol when it comes to our workout program so that's something you will want to check out now 
In addition to that aspect, what else do we need to do? Well, to preserve as many fast twitch muscle fibers as we can and optimize these, heavy strength work, specifically strength work anywhere from, you know, one, most likely we're not going to plan singles because there's not much of a point in doing a single unless you are training for powerlifting or an all-out event, but lower rep schemes, anywhere from one to eight reps where your focus is on maximum explosive intense. But to be able to repeatedly generate maximum power and explosive intent, we actually need to rest. And this is the problem with circuit training. When you're consistently exercising in that state of fatigue because you're trying to burn more calories, well, you're not giving your body enough time to actually recover. You're not allowing your central nervous system time to recover so it can activate as many muscle fibers and generate force again, which is why, for example, if you've ever seen a sprinter go through their training, They'll say, for example, do a 50 meter sprint, but their rest period might be two or three minutes. It's not because their cardio isn't good enough. It's because the rest of their body to generate that much force actually needs to recover. So what this means for your training is specifically, yes, we have some heavy work, or we have some explosive exercises directly with jumps and throws, as I just mentioned, but we also wanna kick it off with a key strength exercise. An example could be a squat or a deadlift or a bench press for five sets of five with two to three minutes rest, which is gonna allow us to generate a lot of strength, a lot of power, recruit those fast twitch muscle fibers, and still be able to recover and continue generating force. That is gonna be absolutely crucial. So on the flip side, right? When we are lifting heavier, when we're doing jumps, when we have lifts that are focused on explosive intent and power, and then we're hitting our other exercises, four sets of three to six to eight to 12 reps, with enough rest between our body, like a classic bodybuilding set and rep schemes, we're telling our body that we need to stay strong, that we need to stay powerful. When our diet is also telling our body that we need to get rid of tissue, right? Your body's not just gonna say, let's just get rid of pure body fat. No, it's gonna be able to break down a bunch of different things. So we have to signal to our body with the right type of training that we wanna build and maintain lean muscle. And so if we do this strategically, that is how we lose fat. That is how we retain the lean muscle. And in some cases, we can even build some more. And when we have more muscle and less body fat, that's when you're going to have deeper cuts. You're going to have better muscular definition. You have all of these things dialed away or dialed in, and you're going to be able to reveal a strong, lean, and powerful body versus one that, yeah, might be well-conditioned, but it's also skinny fat. And that's not what you want. So this begs the question, what should your workouts look like? How should they be? What should your workouts be for fat loss? And should they be dramatically different than what they are than when it comes to building lean muscle? Well, just like inside of our Look Great Naked protocol, there are key principles that you need to focus on, right? And granted, you've been consistent when you're in the gym. One key principle to understand here is your workouts should not be longer. They should not necessarily be way more intense when your goal is fat loss. Again, the caveat, caveat here is that you've been training consistently, right? If you're some Joe Schmo off the street who hasn't lifted a weight or looked at, a, at anything for a while, yeah, your intensity and volume is going to be higher. But if you've been consistent getting after it for weeks, months, or years, comparatively speaking, when you're not fueling your body with enough calories because you're trying to lose body fat, if you increase all that activity level too high, well, your body's not going to have enough juice to recover from it. And if it becomes too much, cortisol, body's primary stress hormone can increase, as can our appetite, which makes it that much harder to actually stick with the calorie deficit, which is a primary driver for fat loss. So a few key principles and things that you should take into account that you should focus on when it comes to losing body fat, when it comes to using the right type of training to maximize body composition and fat loss. Number one, when it comes to your workouts, you should be training four to five times per week in the gym. And these workouts should be a little bit shorter, 45 to 50 minutes. Let's break this down a little bit further. 
with the right workout split, something like a upper lower training split, or even a push pull training split, we're training muscle groups multiple times throughout the week. When we do this, we increase muscle protein synthesis in our muscles, which signals to your body says, hey, guess what? We got to hold on to this muscle, even when you're trying to burn away everything else. In doing so is what helps us preserve and or build lean muscle, even when we're in a calorie deficit. Your workouts should be a little bit shorter. As I mentioned, 45 to 50 minutes. There's no need to go over an hour, right? If you're going over an hour, maybe if you're an elite level athlete, if you really have everything dialed in. But in that case, yeah, that's something very unique. But for most people, they can get a great workout in within 45 to 50 minutes. If you cut out the fluff, you cut out the bullshit. And the reason is, right, if we, if we continue to work out longer, continue to work out harder, again, when we don't have the food, cortisol increases, primary stress hormone, which can downregulate thyroid, it can lead to issues with insulin sensitivity, and it can increase cravings and appetite. So we do not want our training to have us wanting to eat more and do that much more because it's trying to meet the demands of how hard we are exercising, right? The goal here is fat loss not training as hard as we can and then getting hungry. Next, understand that you're not going to be training to the point where you're setting PRs in many cases. If your body does not have the same amount of fuel, it's important to enter your fat loss phases with the perspective of, you know what, I'm probably not going to be setting personal records and I'm definitely not going to be setting personal records with higher rep schemes. So while strength training, especially with low reps, is more neurological, meaning it's more based on your central nervous system, and you can still make some strength gains when you are in a fat loss diet, you're probably not going to be setting all-time records, right? There's a reason that the strongest people in the world are also the biggest and generally enter in a fueled state, not cutting down like a UFC fighter or somebody for a photo shoot. That's because when you're fed, you're going to be much better off. In addition, you might notice that you lose some strength on your upper body exercises more so than your lower body exercises, particularly the bench press. Um, in my experience, I've seen many people continue to deadlift very well, then squat tends to go down a little bit, but where they really struggle is their bench press. And for guys, especially when they start to see that bench press goes down, oh my God, everybody freaks out thinking that they're losing a bunch of strength and mass. Well, actually what happens here is when we are in a calorie deficit, we're losing body fat. We're also losing intramuscular fat and glycogen stores inside of our muscles. And so what happens is your joints actually have a smaller base from which to push from and stability can be compromised. So if you're losing strength on something like a bench press because you are in a calorie deficit and losing body fat, doesn't necessarily mean that your training is wrong. It's just that you have less stability because that muscle, that joint, that area from which to push from is a little bit smaller, right? So training four to five days per week, 45 to 50 minutes, upper lower training split is a great thing. Yes, you can train heavy, but you're probably not gonna set some PRs, partially due to having a lack of stability. But then what about cardio? What should you be doing on that side? Listen, cardio can definitely help you lose body fat. It's incredible for your health. It's gonna be great for your brain. It's gonna be great for actually helping you become more insulin sensitive and breaking down different nutrients and using them effectively. Here's where I like to begin with cardio. Number one, we wanna aim for 10,000 steps per day. A lot of different studies on this, but the reason we like to focus on walking and getting 10,000 steps per day is simple. It's incredibly low stress. And when we can increase activity like that, that's going to be primarily focused on, on burning fat. It's going to be great for overall stress levels. It's going to allow us to keep our body in a great position to lose fat. It's going to help us stay away from cravings. A lot of those self-sabotaging behaviors that creep up when stress increases. And so throughout the day, I realize it's not always possible, especially if you have a sedentary job. I like to recommend my clients get a couple walks in. If you can do a 10 to 15 minute walk around breakfast, a 10 to 15 minute walk around lunch, a 10 to 15 minute walk with your dog, with your spouse, with whatever, after dinner, all of these things will help. Beyond the step count themselves and the calorie burn, 
If we time these walks around your meals, this can also help aid a little bit in digestion. Walking is low enough in intensity where it's not going to crush your ability to digest the food that you have. Instead, what it's going to do, it's actually going to improve blood flow. It's going to actually help reduce some of the insulin response directly because your muscles are contracting. And when your muscles are contracting, it can take some of those immediately usable carbohydrates and sugars that are coming in through your diet, and it can partition those out directly to your muscles and kind of jumpstart that process, right? So let's say you're getting your training done, right? You're four to five times per week. You're getting 10,000 steps per day. You want to accelerate things a little bit further. Here's where I would add what we call zone two cardio. This is going to be almost your classic steady state cardio. What we want to do here for intensity is we want to take your age, your 220 minus your age, right? So that's going to give us more or less your max heart rate. What we want to do here is multiply that number by about 0.7, right? So we want to work at 50 to 70% of our max heart rate. And if you can maintain that pace for 20 to 30 minutes twice per week, that is going to be great. Now, a couple of considerations here. One, I wouldn't recommend running when it comes to fat loss. Listen, if you're trying to run because that's a goal for you, you want to compete in a race, that's completely fine but it can be high impact. It can cause a little bit more of an increase in cortisol and we can have more joint stress, so on and so forth. So when it comes to running, just have those considerations. What I would recommend would be doing things that are gonna be more joint friendly in nature. Things like using a stepper, you can use a rower, an air bike, any type of bike. These are gonna give a little bit more flexibility for your body. These are gonna be easier on your joints. It's gonna be easier on your tendons. It's gonna be you know, easier in terms of impact. And that's going to be something that's going to be beneficial because it's not going to negatively impact the other training that you are doing. And you don't have to do 30 minutes all on one machine either. Like if you get bored out of your mind, let's say you want to do 10 minutes of jump rope, then 20 minutes on the bike. That's a fine option. Let's say you want to add in maybe a little bit of running. Cool. Go for a 10 minute run, then focus on 20 minutes on the bike or break it up into three different things. The big concept here is you want to keep your heart rate in that zone two area to be able to get some of the cardiovascular benefits for your heart, for your brain, but then yes, in addition, burn some body fat. The biggest overall concept to consider here, cardio should be the side dish, not the entree. A lot of people put it the other way where it's, let's just do a bunch of cardio and maybe work out, but then they just lose muscle. Gotta flip it, gotta flip it. Resistance training is your, is your entree, cardio, that's your side dish. Finally, we have to consider sleep, right? If we are not getting enough sleep, every single function inside of our body is going to be compromised beating a dead horse a little bit, especially if you've been on the podcast before, but it's so true, right? If we look at some different studies, one that comes to immediate mind is the Chicago sleep study. I'm not going to regurgitate this thing and make it so boring for you that you, you know, click away, but here's the concept that you have to understand. When you decrease sleep to an average of about five hours a night for even five days, people are seeing decreases in testosterone by as much as 20%. And this is with healthy college age males, like basically every other study that seems to be out there. What we need to understand here is Every single hormonal system inside of our body is going to have negative consequences if we are not getting enough sleep. So if you're looking at fat burners, if you're looking at testosterone boosters, if you're looking at all these different supplements that are out there, save your money and go to bed. Really, it's going to make a huge difference. On top of that, you're going to be more motivated. You're going to be more likely to stick to the program. You're going to be more disciplined. You're going to stick to all the things that you need to when you're getting enough sleep. Sleep is the ultimate tool for managing stress and helping you optimize all the hard work that you are already putting in, right? So we have to make sure that that's a priority. I make it the goal for my clients to aim for seven hours per night. If you can't get seven because you have three kids, 12 hours a day with, with your job and a commute, I totally get it. Do the best you can with what you have because every improvement in sleep 
is going to lead to more incremental improvements to your body composition and your overall performance. Remember, the primary goal of your training when it comes to fat loss is to maintain as much strength and as much muscle as you can. 90% of people get this wrong because they go immediately to high rep training and more cardio because they want to burn more calories. But this is a short-sighted component. Instead, this calories in, calories out model is not going to serve you. It's going to lead you to a first-class ticket of having more hunger and actually losing lean muscle, which then leads to plateaus in your diet. Instead, what we need to do is we need to focus on continuing to build strength. We want to generate power. We want to make sure that our training is dialed in in a way to support keeping the body that we do have while our diet does the heavy lifting when it comes to body composition. So my friend, fat loss workouts are a lie. Do not fall for it. Do not fall for all the hypey things that say you're going to burn X, Y, and Z calories in this amount of time because that is a short-sighted view. Remember, your training must support building a high-performance body, and your diet is going to be the thing that does the heavy lifting when it comes to losing body fat. And if you want to find out exactly how to do that, all you need to do is head over to bachperformance.com backslash coaching and apply to join the Look Great Naked protocol. You and I will hop directly on a call. We'll talk about what is working for you, what's not, and then come up with a step-by-step -step game plan to help you look great naked without living in the gym. Gang, that's it. Can't wait to see you on the next episode. Hey, it's Eric here again. Now, before you go, I have a really cool gift for you. If you want to look great naked, and I'm assuming you do because you're listening to this podcast, then go to bachperformance.com backslash free training to join over 1,100 successful men and women in getting a step-by-step -step training to look great naked without living in the gym.